You're listening to the Double A Balls Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Romanella. Ain't no loyalty in this game. If the cup was to be in a strip club, I feel like the cup would be getting dollar bills thrown at it. And Anthony Rinaldi. Get some beer. Get some whatever. Start celebrating. We're throwing single dollar bills at the ladies out there. He is still doing a keg stand from game five. The show starts now. Hello and welcome into the Friday Dab. This is the Dab Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Romanella, and with me always on this Friday, my partner, Anthony Rinaldi. Hey, Drew. How are you? I'm doing great, Ant. We got Friday Dab 26 coming at the people on this cool, brisk October morning. We had all four professional sports, Mr. Rinaldi, in action last night. I do not have enough TVs. <laughs> and frankly, the last button should at least go back two times, you know, two previous channels. So I could, at least with the NBA and baseball, it was, <clears throat> I have Verizon Fio. So it was one channel away from each other. So it was pretty easy to navigate the, the, the choppy waters that is October sports. Andrew, are you kidding me? The effing Red Sox, man. I can't believe it. I had a feeling that you were going to be a little pissed off waking up this morning. And the only thing I thought of was the fact that you could turn off the Red Sox to go to other sports last night. So at least you had some peace of mind in that before we dive into any of it, because we're getting into the baseball playoffs today and we're going to find out who you and I think are going to go to the world series against the Dodgers and the Brewers. But we are sponsored by digmenation.com. Anthony, by, by now, everybody should know that. And they should also know that the promo code is digthedab18. The Dab Podcast is the official sports podcast of the guy in the tie. Head over to digmenation.com and use the promo code digthedab18. As well as VM Sports, head to vm-sports.com. Purchase your tickets. Dinner with champions. Four former world champion New York Yankees. Guys that actually lost to the 2004 Boston Red Sox team who has some interesting parallels with this 2018 Boston Red Sox team that you can ask them those questions. Use the promo code DAB, D-A-A-B, and receive 25% off those tickets. And Anthony, of course, it's Twitter and it's Instagram. Social media blitz. DAB podcast on both, dabpodcast.com. And of course, go to wherever you listen to your DAB podcast or your favorite podcast, but go over to the DAP podcast and rate us, like us, leave a review. Listening matters, but Anthony, leaving a rating and a review almost matters even more. Listen, I don't even care if you don't listen. Just give us a, a few stars and throw us a constructive criticism, and we'll take it, folks. We're not greedy people here. All right, Mr. Rinaldi. So, Thursday night football. NBA season. Unfortunately, the New Jersey Devils lost their first game of the season in the NHL, but all eyes should have been, and our eyes were locked into the Red Sox and the Astros. And to your unhappiness, the Boston Red Sox are headed to the World Series. 108 game winning season, Andrew. All the pressure coming into the postseason, I felt was on Boston. You got to validate all these victories, and frankly, uh, you watch them. I, I've watched them, obviously, uh, when they play the Yankees. I, I've kind of not watched them play the Astros because I care less about baseball right now, to tell you the truth. <laughs> but 
for the purposes of the show, I want to be a stand-up guy and kind of knowledgeable. So I did watch that game and <clears throat> all signs pointed to Verlander in a, in a, not an easy victory because listen, Boston was throwing David Price on short rest. You're at home. You have arguably one of the best postseason pitchers that we've seen, you know, in, in my generation in Verlander and that Houston lineup. I was like, all right, they'll bring it back to Boston. It'll be, it'll be a competitive series. And David Price, did that dude finally, finally get a postseason win? That was his 12th postseason start, Anthony. And that was his first postseason win as a starter. He had had two previous wins, I believe, in 2008 and 2015 as a reliever. But as a starter, his 12th start, his first win. And this is the stat line. Six innings pitched. Zero earned runs, nine Ks, zero walks, three hits, and all three hits came by the fourth inning. You would think, Ant, that that would have been Verlander's line at the end of the game, but essentially two swings of the bat, the J.D. Martinez home run and the Rafael Devers home run were the difference maker for the Red Sox in game five. And to be be frank, that first home run by J.D. Martinez – Oh I mean, man, that pitch before was a strike three. Tell me you saw that. That, <laughs> that was, I mean, if I'm Verlander, I don't know how, I mean, he was calm about it. He, I obviously gave the umpire a look. The catcher froze, you know, pl- uh, framed the pitch nicely. It looked like to me it caught the black. Maybe he's a little low, but that's the home call, man. you got to ring him up on that. And of course he hangs the breaking ball next pitch and Martinez puts it off the wall behind the stands in the left field bleachers out there. Did you, see, that, did you see Verlander staring down the umpire as he waited? Like, like it looked like he was lasering through his head. I mean, and they showed the replay. It was probably a good five seconds, Anthony, where he got off the mound. He obviously didn't look at the baseball, leave the park, and he just no, that was you knew that instantly. Just stared at the umpire, and and why you love Justin Verlander is because he didn't open his mouth, although he had every right to. Because I agree with you, <laughs> that ball was a strike. Who was the umpire back there? Angel Hernandez? Jesus Christ. I don't care because the only thing that scares me is that's giving them more reason to go to automatic strike zones. Right. Now, hold on. Before we go, I, I want to get your flavor on this topic, Andrew. Did you see Altuve in game four? Do you think that was a home run? Do you think that was a good call by the umpires? Because to me, I think I mean, that's a vertical plane issue. That's, that's a tough call. That's a judgment call. Do you, do you know what the call of the field was? So here's my problem with it. And the call of the field is fan interference, and fan interference oh, okay. is an opinion call. And what's kind of crazy is we have all these cameras, right? So we have, we have uh, all these angles. We can do replay at first base. We can find out if a guy slid in safe but then popped off the bag. But we don't have a camera for home runs, which is mind-blowing to me. Just mind-blowing to me. How – how like a goal line cam when you watch the World Cup and they have that awesome goal line cam or you watch the tennis majors, you're watching the U.S. Open and they have the line camp. How we don't have that for home runs yet in baseball is, is pretty mind-blowing. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that's an impossible call to make. And I just went back to the Yankees versus the Orioles. I think it was 1999. Steve Mayer, maybe the kid's name was. Je- Jeffrey Mayer, my buddy. <laughs> My, my head went back there because that was called in favor of the Yankees, and that was called a home run, and he was about to fall into the field. He was so far over the fence. I don't know how you can assume that ball is going to be caught when he's making a home run-saving 
catch. He's not making a routine catch on the warning track and a guy reaches over and grabs the ball. He's making a home run robbing catch. I think once your glove has to go over the plane of the fence, once it breaks the plane of the fence, I don't see how you could now make an assumption about whether or not he would have caught that baseball. I get you can kind of get a bird's eye view. Certain angles can show you something. But A, there's so many people there. And B, again, it's not a routine play. And I think that's the word, Anthony, I'm going to keep coming back to. And that's why I think, personally, Altuve gets screwed. But more so than anything else, there's no rule for that play until you probably get cameras on that exact line of defense. Yeah, uh, listen, 19, was it 1997, nine, you said, or seven? I, I, Jeffrey. I think it was 99, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah, Jeffrey legit leaned over the fence and caught it. That's the thing is my, my man caught it. The Houston guy dropped it. So that was the, didn't catch it. That's the problem. So well, Right, and you're 100% right about that. Don't you see, like, how is that a routine? You know what I'm saying? Like The only way, because you can't put a camera down the line because the wall, obviously, it curves a little bit, so you wouldn't get a straight. The only thing maybe would be to have kind of like that that chip where if if it, the, the the ball clears a, a chip that's on the wall, that's the vertical plane, and then th- 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 then the ball's fair game. I don't know how you can do that because you're hitting that ball. If you put a chip in it, chances are you're probably going to break the chip because you're using a wooden bat to smack the ball around, and that would be too much technology, putting a chip into a ball. They were talking about doing that for the – I think in, in football actually, right, for the first down or something. So 19, I think, 1996, Anthony. Six. Wow, we were way off. <laughs> I was only I was 11 years old. I was probably the same age as that kid, Jeffrey Mayer. Yeah. Hell, for all you know, that was me catching that ball. Dab Nation. You are Jeffrey Mayer. Wow. That's my alias back then. You know, I had to change it. Didn't want to. Couldn't get a job. You know. Has that yeah. changed the series for the Houston Astros? That play? I mean, I know what they lose and go down. Right. And it's easy because we're Monday morning quarterback and the Red Sox are in the World Series. But does that change the series? I mean, that's kind of. I mean, at home. It takes the air out of the crowd. It takes the air out of the team. And it kind of just makes it feel like you, you really can't come back in any way, shape, or form and beat this team. It, that happened in the first inning, I believe. So there was plenty of other baseball to continue. So is it a game? I think they were down 2 nothing too, weren't they? Didn't Boston yes. put up a two-spot? That would, right. have t- that would have tied the game. That would have been nice, sure. And, and Houston might have had a different outcome. But there were still eight other innings to get to find your runs. So you don't want to blame that. You know, that bad call, I guess, on the loss. But, yeah, in, in an ALCS in this day and age, 21st century, it's kind of damning that we don't have better uh, review or technology to tell that that, was, that ball was fair game and should have been ruled a home run. And that's just coming from a bitter Yankee fan. <laughs> uh, I, could, I could feel I could feel the hatred for you feeling this way. And the crazy part about it is, Anthony, this is the fourth time the Boston Red Sox since the year 2000 have won the pennant. And they're the first team, this 2018 Boston Red Sox team is the first team since the 2004 Boston Red Sox to win four straight games against a team that won 100 games during the regular season. And oh, by the way, they were five and oh on the road. And I think the icing on the cake for this team, when you have Chris Sale hurt and Kimbrell being as bad as he's ever been in his career over a four game stretch, although he was filthy last night. To have David Price do that on three days rest after he warmed up in the bullpen in game four, I don't see how this team isn't the team to beat going into the World Series. I mean, they've put up runs, eight runs, six runs, eight runs. I mean, 
you're right. Everyone said that starting pitching, you know, it's starting pitching in the bullpen. That, those are the key to the game. That's key to play, winning playoff baseball. And yes, they've had between Sale, Price, and Avaldi, they've had a nice one, two, three punch there. It's been shaky back into the bullpen. Can't, you know, they're not a juggernaut by any means. Uh, but you saw Evaldi come in yesterday, I think, in the seventh or eighth inning. And you saw <laughs> Price was warming up in game four, like you said. And uh, obviously, uh, Sale, a, a few more days rest. He's, he's all good out of the hospital, had some kind of stomach bug or something. So he'll be ready to go for game one. Uh, listen, this team offensively is from what batters one through nine. And you see it, a bench guy, Rafael Devers, you know, he, he's a platoon with. Uh, Eduardo Nunez most games, and since the since the righty was on the mound, he's a lefty. He gets the start, and the dude buries a three run home run in the, the sixth inning or seventh inning. Like, you know, it's just the team is just full of stars. And, and a guy like Rafael Devers comes up big and just hits you that three run bomb that really opens, really ices the game for you. Wins you the ALCS. Jackie Bradley Jr. was their nine hitter in Aldi, and he was mm. the MVP of the series with nine RBIs. And two home runs. I think two home runs that were monstrous. He spoke after the game on the field after being named MVP, and this is what he had to say. Nice little little trophy. (laughs) How cool is that for you to win that? It's it's, it's really cool. Um, It's it's amazing. Obviously, uh, I wouldn't have been here without my my teammates. And, um, you know, it's an honor to be here. Me and you to be able to play in the World Series now. This is this is what we set out for, you know, day one. Um, this is it's going to be a dream come true, and um, we we look forward to to getting there and um, enjoying it. Tell me what you saw in David Price in this game. He's electric. Um, you know, from from pitch one, um, the command of the game, man of the zone, um, you know, making pitches when he needed to. Uh, that's the that's the dominance we know. Tell me what you're looking forward to the most in the World Series. Everything that's involved, uh, you know, I'm going to enjoy every single moment, uh, not take it for granted, and I'm glad I can enjoy it with my family. Last one, what are you going to do with that? It's a great question. I'm not sure yet. I'll, 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 I'll be thinking about it for a little bit. <laughs> Just a likable team, Mr. Rinaldi. And I- no, shut up. Not a likable team. <laughs> I told you. I told you on episode 40, if David Price wins his first playoff game, in his career, the Boston Red Sox are winning the World Series, and they are one step closer. You're like an idiot savant, Coach Andrew, when it comes to baseball, let me tell you. That's like, David Price, like you said, he needed him and Kershaw kind of go through the postseason with these dreadful records and these dreadful outings, and you're like, what's the deal? You, you two are, you know, these are two of the top pitchers you know, in the league. David Price, not so much. He was more so when he was at Tampa Bay. I know he was electric. Uh, and then he kind of Faded when he went to Toronto a little bit, and now he's, now he's with Boston. So obviously, I hate him with a fire of a thousand suns. And I mean, listen, he got the win. He pitched great. That lineup is filthy. You got guys like Mookie Betts, JD Martinez, Steve Pierce, Mitch Moreland, and my man Jackie Bradley Jr. wins the ALCS, and rightfully so. Uh, rightfully so. Dude hit a grand slam in Game Three, I believe it was. Change the series. Yeah, 100%. Because that was a you know, 3 2 game going into the eighth inning there, I think. Boston was up only one, but then all of a sudden he, hit a, he put a five spot up and you can cruise to victory. And uh, it was impressive taking, taking, three out of, taking the, those three games out of Houston, uh, the defending champs, that pitching staff. That's, that's no easy task. And whoever it is, LAD or Milwaukee, you got to get that sound bite for me, Andrew, for the next podcast. I want to hear 
my man Yasiel Puig say Milwaukee, <laughs> Milwaukee, <laughs> that little baby ballpark. Sounds like he's Canadian. <laughs> Shout out Canada, legalization of marijuana. Good job. <laughs> well, hey, I think the last thing for me is that people actually counted this Red Sox team out, even though they won the most games in baseball in the regular season, myself included. So it's almost a crazy scenario here where you're watching a team win 109, 108, 109 games in the regular season and be and feel and act like an underdog every game they're going into. This is going to piss you off, but I'm going to say it. I think in this decade, the Boston Red Sox are the best team in baseball. And that is the conclusion of our dad podcast on hanging up. Now, listen, I, listen, I can argue that they, what, you said what, four pennants since 2004 or something? Yeah. 2000 like that? Yeah, listen, they're, they're impressive. But are they, are they, are, is anybody in Boston even watching them? I mean, they, you have the Celtics just started. You have Tom Brady and the Patriots rolling out there in Foxborough now. Oh, see, they I feel, can't. I feel, like, I feel like the Red Sox are our little brother right now, and they're in the World's freaking series. This is the thing, right? No, no, they're not the little brother. See, Boston has it so good right now that they can pick and choose. They don't need to watch New England and Tom Brady hardcore until week 12. They know that. The first six games are the most uneventful games for them anyways. So they're not going to watch them until probably the middle of November. The Boston Celtics, as the NBA has been trending, you know who's making the playoffs before the year starts. So essentially, you don't need to watch the Boston Celtics until spring spring of 2019. So right now, yeah, they can enjoy the Red Sox because they're like, oh, the Red Sox are good again. So we'll watch them go win the World Series. And we'll put Tom Brady, watch him go to the Super Bowl again. And then it'll be right in time for the last two to three weeks of the NBA season, which are the most important and most interesting regular season games. And then right into the NBA Finals. And look at that. The Celtics are good too. So I'll tell you what. New England has the best out of any sports town right now. I know we kind of we kind of jokingly talked about that at our our post podcast show after episode forty about what we need to have a sports town or sports region. What what is the best region in the area right now? Right. Yeah, it's 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 hard to debate that. I, I, I would have said Houston, but the Astros they're struggling right now. The, the Rockets kind of off to an zero one start, and their football team is kind of struggling, so they're kind of out of it, you know. So you're right, but I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to tonight's baseball game. I want to see. I think if the Dodgers, Andrew, can swing it and get into the World Series, that'll be a better number for baseball. I believe, obviously, big market, Los Angeles, semi-big market in Boston. Obviously, it's very regional up there in Boston. But I think if little Milwaukee makes it, I, I don't know. I, I just if I feel like if the Dodgers make it, and bought, I, I'll, I'll root for the Dodgers. I mean, I'm obviously rooting for NL this time anyway. But I really want to see the Dodgers. They were last year. Would they go to Game Seven last year? They did. So I, I, they're right there. We have Kershaw Goat, who you know might have chased some of the demons away with his, last, with his last start. How I'm, happy were you? Uh, listen, I'm a huge Kershaw Goat fan. Uh, a lot of people are talking about how he kind of chased the demons away, but I think you need to win the World Series and pitch well to kind of get rid of those, you know, all, all the numbers that he has and all the people who say he can't do in the postseason. So one or two starts ain't going to do it for me. I want to see him hoist a trophy. If he does that, then I'll say, yeah, Kershaw, arguably, obviously the best pitcher in the regular season. But when it comes to postseason, there are a handful of guys I probably have over him. But, I mean, all comes down to tonight. Do you game seven to win the World Series? I'll even make the game at home. Would you rather 
Clayton Kershaw, or Andy Pettit. Oh man, going to the tugging at the Yankee heartstrings here. I mean, listen, uh, it's a different era. It's a different style of baseball. I mean, obviously Kershaw, his numbers are filthy. But when it comes to that, I'm taking my man Andy, and that's just a homer Yankee pick. <laughs> I've seen what he's done in the postseason. I've seen him do it all over the place. I mean, obviously Kershaw is his stuff is unmatched, and if he's if he's right, and as your boy Ronnie Darling said, if he has the yak, oh no, sorry, it was uh, Eduardo uh, Perez, I think yesterday at ESPN I was talking about if Kershaw has that yacker pitch going, which I don't know what that is, but it's, it sounds filthy. If he has that going, I mean, he'll be unhittable, even for that that Red Sox lineup. I mean, listen, if you take out really the St. Louis Cardinals numbers. The dude's a stud in the postseason. <laughs> but it's, he, really, he, he kind of struggled those a few years against the Cardinals whenever steamrolling through the playoffs every year. And his numbers are kind of inflated that way. But against... A run in the World Series last year. What, he pitched twice? Or was he three games? Well, you know, he was, two starts. Right. He, he didn't go Madison Bumgarner, right? Games one, four, and seven. Like that, 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 see that, now that dude, that dude in the playoffs... He can pitch for me any day because he's just – he's an animal when it comes to playoff, playoff, you know, postseason baseball pitching. But I'm interested to see this Milwaukee lineup, your boy Yelich. You know, I, you told me a crazy stat, and I want you to tell the folks out there about runners in scoring position and how both teams are kind of like – we talk about all this offense in, in, in the playoffs, but you see it. The Dodgers and the Brewers struggling right now to put up runs. Right now the Dodgers – are and they're slightly better, which is why they're leading this series, I believe, three to two. Right now, the Dodgers are 10 for 43 with runners in scoring position, and Milwaukee's five and 35, five for 35 with runners in scoring position. Neither offense is doing anything to help out either of their pitching staffs. Yeah, I mean. That's that's brutal, and obviously that's just the NL style of baseball that you're so accustomed to, Andrew, and you love so much. You know where the batters hit and whatnot. I mean, where the pitcher's bad, and it's just just filthy, it's silly. I don't get it. I don't know why they don't adopt the DH rule. And that's a whole other argument. I know we're going to have it later in life. I'm sure we've had it already on the dab. But who's going tonight for the for the Dodgers? Is it uh, you? Oh, Hinjin Ryu, my, my boy. Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm rooting hard for the Dodgers. Remember, he's up. He's had a roller coaster postseason. His first start was filthy. He was throwing invisibles and nobody could hit him. In his second start, and I believe it was against the Brewers in this series, I don't think he got out of the second inning. And Wade Miley was a part of the situation the other night, which I would love to get your opinion on that, where Craig Council started him. <laughs> oh, man. They put an entire righty lineup in the Los Angeles Dodgers, and then they pulled him after one hitter. Hey, right through five pitches. That's a, I think that's the quickest, quickest hook I've seen in a long time. And a lot of people are talking about how it's kind of like an unwritten rule. And I, I want to see the people who write these unwritten rules in baseball. I mean, you can't peg some. You, you peg somebody after they peg your guy. You do this, you do that. Yeah, starting a guy and then yanking with their five pitches. It's kind of a bush league move, but I mean, at this point, at this day and age, they're all major league ball players. Righty, lefty. You're going to face a lefty eventually. You're going to have to use your righties. Uh, you know, you got to play baseball, Andrew. And I'm sure you, being a baseball purist, you probably didn't like that or pre- not appreciate it, but you probably were like, all right, you know, what are you doing? I just feel like that's, a, that's just taxing the bullpen. At least give the dude a full inning. Well, what I've liked the most about this playoffs is that 
it feels a little bit more like old school baseball the last few games where we're watching starters last night for example Verlander goes six David Price goes six the starters essentially win and lost you the ball game a bunch of games in the Boston Houston series gone that way but that's because the starting pitching in that series is is pretty is pretty good Um, a few of the games in Milwaukee and Los Angeles went that way too with Kershaw going on the mound. You saw them had to make a decision. The the Dodgers went up by a run in game five and they had to decide, do we let Clayton Kershaw hit or do we, do we have to pull him? If they don't go up, Anthony, two to one at that point in the game, Clayton Kershaw probably comes out of the game when he leads off that inning in a 2-1 ball game as opposed to being a 1-1 ball game. All of those things factor in and you see Kershaw go seven. So as a baseball purist, did I like it? No, not really. I just think it's dumb. Personally, I, I, I don't I don't see the advantage of it unless Wade Miley comes out tonight and absolutely shoves, which I don't think he's going to because now they're all mad at him, even though it's not his fault. But it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I, I get it. I, I You're trying to have a competitive advantage that I don't disagree with trying to have a competitive advantage. But at the end of the day, I just don't see the point in it when you've had starts to this point in the playoffs. Chassin is the guy that comes to the top of my mind. If he's not pitching the way he's been pitching, this Brewers team would not be as good because their bullpen in this series and in the playoffs has not been their strong suit. It's actually been their starting pitcher. I don't know if I can, uh, if I can get on this, you know, starter or opener train here for, for managers, just, you know, throwing a guy out there. I guess you could do it. You know, you could like, like I think Wade Miley's pitched every game this season so far, a series except for the first one with, where Chassim started and dominated. But, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just think L.A. – I think it's L.A.'s time. I think, uh, I think they have the bats. You know, they're, they're very similar to the Yankees. That's why I'd like to see them go up against the Brewers. You know, they have potent lineup, a lot of power, you know, known for hitting home runs. Uh, so, obviously, I'm putting my bananas on the Dodgers. Andrew, I want to see L.A.D. go flying into Boston and beat down the Red Sox – like a little schoolgirl and a redheaded stepchild that they are. All right, a few things before we go. The first one is I went deep into Clayton Kershaw's stats, and I have something very interesting for you, Mr. Rinaldi. Go ahead. In Clayton Kershaw's last 15 starts in the postseason, the last 15 starts, and that dates him back to the Mets in 2015, and I, they lost that series, which makes me smile. Okay. Meet the Mets. Clayton Kershaw is eight and two, eight and three, excuse me, with a 3.08 ERA. You could absolutely argue that dating back three years, and you said it earlier, and I want to give you that credit because I'm looking at the ERAs. If you pretty much take out St. Louis from his postseason record, who he had in 2009, a 2.7 ERA in one game, one start. In 2013, a 6.30 ERA, two games, two starts. 2014, 7.82 ERA, two games, two starts. Everybody else, for the essentially for the most part, he's dominated besides one bad start against Washington, but they still won that series, and one bad start against Arizona, and they also still won that series. Every other, every other time he's been on the mound, he's been filthy. So I wanted to give you that credit, but just go a little deeper into those stats. Clayton Kershaw, he, he writing, he's been writing that ship. We just remember the harshest of times and the fact that he does not have a World Series win on exactly. his 
Exactly. And, 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 and we as a nation love to see bad things. Not bad things, but we not root for bad things. But look at the news. Everything news is always negative. They never post anything good about something positive. A firefighter rescuing a cat out of a tree. You know, it's always bad stuff, Andrew. So everyone always knows this is Clayton Kershaw's bad stuff. When he got hammered by the Cardinals, when he got hammered by the by the Nationals, and we got hammered by Arizona, those one or few, you know, those handful of starts. But you're right. On the whole, Kershaw goat is slightly becoming Kershaw goat in the playoffs. And LAD has been in the playoffs the last two, three years. They made it to the World Series last year. They're on the cusp. I, you know, it's it's it's, it's them. It's them. It's there. It's there for the taking, Andrew. They got to handle their business tonight in Milwaukee, and that's it. Let's go. I'm ready for some Dodger Red Sox World Series action. Shout out my boy Josh Eucleson, diehard Dodger fan. I think Game Five's win is just going to ride right through Game Six when I think they'll be able to go to Milwaukee and win. I take Rue over Miley, anyways, as I said, and I just don't think that the Brewers' offense, Yelich and Kane specifically at the top of that lineup, who have been the table setters for them all year, have been very off in this series. So, unfortunately, I think the run for my Milwaukee Brewers all the way from spring training when I called it might be coming to an end. But that's okay because I'm on the David Price Boston Red Sox train. Uh, <laughs> shut up. Shut up. I, I will not be able to deal with you Tuesday <laughs> if this happens the way it's, I think it's going to happen. If the Brewers win, it's going to be even better. Listen, Friday, Dab 26 has been a blast, Mr. Ronaldo. Andrew, tell your friends, tell your friends, download, listen, subscribe. You may like us, you may not, but when it all comes down to it, folks, it's all just sports. I'm going. I got to get out of here. The kid's late for work. The boss ain't going to be happy. Let's go, Andrew. Take us out of here. Rate us, review us, do the whole thing. Dab Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, dabpodcast.com. Sponsored by Digby Nation. Sponsored by VM Sports. I'm your host, Andrew Romanella. My partner is Anthony Rinaldi. We said it once. We'll say it again. We are the Dab Podcast. This is Friday, Dab 26, and we are This has been the Dab Podcast presented by Digme Nation. The Dab Podcast is the official sports podcast of the guy in the tie. Head on over to digmenation.com, use the promo code digthedab18, and receive 30% off your next purchase. That's digmenation.com, promo code digthedab18. Uh-huh.